Today I'm sharing my testimony and really I'm going to be walking you guys through my childhood, um, my upbringing, and all the different ways that Jesus changed my life. But more importantly, my hope is by the end of this episode, you'll have smiled, maybe you'll have cried a little bit, but really I hope you understand that Jesus can change your life too. Hello and welcome to Be Brave with Emma B. I'm Emma, your host, and I'm so excited that you're here. In a world that fills us with stories of fear and anxiety, I'm here to share stories of bravery and fearlessness. I'm bringing on some of the bravest people I know and sharing some stories of my own to show you why anyone can choose to be brave if they have faith and surround themselves with encouraging people. So come along. Let's be brave together. Hey guys, welcome to episode number nine of Be Brave with Emma B. I'm so excited that you're here and on this journey with me. Today is going to be my last solo episode for a while because I'm going to have, I forget how many guests we have scheduled, but we have a lot of amazing guests coming up. So like I said, you guys won't be hearing from me for a while, but I think that's okay because I really am so excited for you guys to listen to other people's stories and to get to hear their wisdom and get to hear their brave moments. And I just think it's going to be, it's going to be really special. I'm really excited about it. So I shared just like a tidbit of my testimony on the first episode of the podcast, but honestly, I think that's like by far the most important part of my story is my testimony and how I guess my faith came to be and how I became to fall so in love with Jesus. And really that's, again, that's the whole reason for doing this podcast in the first place is God put this dream on my heart and I do think he put that on my heart obviously to share his word with other people. So as much as this podcast is about bravery and it's about people overcoming really challenging things, at the end of the day, the whole reason for this is to point people back to God, who is the reason we're able to overcome all these really hard things. So I think it's important that I walk people through my testimony. And if they don't know Jesus, so if you're listening and you're like, I don't have a relationship with God, I've haven't identified as a Christian ever or I haven't for a really long time, I think there's a reason you're here and I hope that my story helps point you back to a relationship with God because really it's the best thing ever and it's something I'm continuing to work on every day, growing every day. I think there's this like preconception that like if you're sharing your testimony that you've got it all figured out, that you have this like morning routine where you spend an hour with God every single morning and that you know the Bible by heart and all, like not at all actually. (laughs) I'm still in the process of figuring out how to read my Bible every day, which I've done better at lately, but that's been a struggle throughout the majority of my adult life now is like figuring out like how to read scripture. So I'm not going to get way into those things because I want to start where it all began, but I do want to let you know that if you are listening to this and you don't have a relationship with God, please just, please come along the ride with me and just know there's no judgment here. I'm so happy you're here. No matter who you are, no matter what you believe in, I'm just, I'm grateful you're listening. And I, if I could give you a big hug right now, I totally would. So without further ado, let's dive into how this podcast came to be and how my story came to be because it all starts with Jesus. So like a lot of kids, I grew up going to church. So I, my family took me to church But I think I was also like a lot of other kids where I really didn't pay a ton of attention. Like I didn't 
dislike going, but I definitely wasn't like engaged or like excited. And so I wouldn't say my like relationship with God really started until I was in the fifth grade. And for some people, they're like, wow, it was this one moment. For other people, it was, hey, I grew up in the church and I always knew Jesus. And then for me, it's kind of like the combination of the two. I'm so thankful for my dad who really brought me to church and really introduced faith into my life. But I would say like my personal relationship with God didn't really start till I was in fifth grade. So what happened in fifth grade? I was in a really bad car accident and what ended up happening without going into the gory details because I do know that there's some little ones who listen to the show alongside their parents. I was very badly injured on my face. If you've met me before, you've probably noticed I have a scar that goes right across from the top of my forehead down past my nose. It looks pretty good now, I will admit. Like, it's not super noticeable. If you actually, it actually goes from like more of like the top of my head downwards, but it's covered up by my hair. And so that scarf came from the car accident. So essentially what happened was when the accident happened, the glass from the windshield fell in and hit my face. And again, not going to get into the gory details, but it very, very badly injured my face to the point where I had 150 stitches that had to be put on my face in order to repair the injury. It was quite the wound. I unfortunately lost a lot of blood and had to get several surgeries in order to repair the damage on my face from the accident. And right after the accident, I'm not going to lie, like it didn't look very good. One of my surgeries was to obviously with the repair the wound right after, but the other one was actually to get rid of the scar tissue next to my eye because there was a lot of scar tissue. They were worried that it would make me being able to see a problem. And so that was one of the surgeries was to kind of just smooth everything down. But yeah, it didn't look so great for a while. I definitely got stared at in public. But here's the thing. (laughs) That whole situation from the accident itself to what happened afterwards with going into public, getting stared at, people making comments. From front end to back end, all I can say is Jesus was there. I firmly believe that he was with me in the car that day, taking care of me, bringing me peace, protecting me from what could have been a much worse injury than having a wound on my face. And to kind of go back to what I was feeling in that moment, like obviously I was unconscious for part of it, but then I also woke up in the car, felt my forehead, knew something was wrong. And the only thing I can say is I had unexplainable peace. I wasn't scared. I was super calm. I remember the paramedics coming and they would talk to me. And I think Jesus sent in those specific paramedics too, because I just like, I loved them. I just remember they were so kind, kept me so calm. All the doctors that were there to get me all the scans and look at the injury, they were so calm, which I know is their job, but they just, God definitely put the right people in my life that day to take care of me because I just remember just nothing but peace. Like I just felt so taken care of and I just knew that everything was going to be okay and I can't can't re- remember exactly why I was feeling that cuz like you imagine that you're 
you wake up from being unconscious, you feel your forehead, it's not feeling too good, you know there's something wrong. Like, I think back to that now and I'm like, how was I so calm? And the only explanation is Jesus. That's the only thing. Um, He was with me. Holy Spirit was with me. Um, And so to kind of then fast track, obviously the surgeries happened, was super calm throughout that. Um, And then the afterwards, like obviously like my life was different. Like I'd never been stared at in a grocery store. Like I, I was going into sixth grade, which is really the most... I would say vain time in our existence going into middle school. Like everybody cares about what they look like. And all I can remember is just being like, you know what? Like, yeah, like this is going to be a little different, but I know God's going to use this. And again, I remember thinking like, hey, maybe God is preparing. And this is like thoughts of an 11 year old girl. So just like, these aren't just like normal thoughts that like I would have had at that time. I can't say I was like super wise or super, I guess, not into my appearance. I was a pretty normal 11-year-old girl. I was a little bit more tomboyish, but I still like cared. And I just remember thinking like, you know what, if this is what it takes for God to really work on my inner and work on my inner beauty and not be so focused on my outward appearance, then so be it. If that's what he's trying to teach me, if he's trying to teach me how to care for other people who maybe don't look like everybody else, then maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it's something completely different, but all I know is God's going to use this for good. And I just remember those thoughts would always be like put on my heart. There was like a couple instances where people would just say rude things like, what happened to your face? And I remember saying, well, eh, you should have seen the other guy. And just, I, w- I was very lighthearted about it. And so, again, really the only explanation for that was Jesus and how he just instilled the spirit in me of just, I wouldn't say not caring, but just knowing that it was all going to work out and it was going to be used for God's glory. For each of these moments that I'm going to be sharing with you, I picked out a Bible verse that I feel like really just like summarizes how I was feeling at that time. So for that first incident, I would say a great verse is Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I would say really that's just what I was feeling. Like I knew I was going to have a future. I knew I was going to get through this and I knew that God was going to use it for good and wasn't going to let it harm me or let people harm me or let let my heart be hurt by what was going on. So um, that was like, yeah, that was my like first really big God moment. And so if you're listening to this and I am going to be sharing some fairly like really big God moments with you. And if you've never experienced that, please know that God works so behind the scenes and is so much bigger than we could ever even imagine that he probably has performed miracles in your life that maybe you don't even know. So again, I hope that these stories encourage you and I hope you're not like, well, none of these big things have happened to me. I hope you realize that God is so working behind the scenes in every single aspect of your life. So there's probably areas that he's been in that you you don't even know happened but the second like chapter I would say in this story of really developing a relationship with God was when my mom really started to struggle with substances so shortly after the car accident 
my mom really started to struggle with substance abuse. And sometimes I think like, was there a correlation between or a relationship between the fact that I was in that accident? And then she started using substances. She had a little bit before like the normal, like people go out and party. Like she did that before my accident, but I would say it really ramped up like afterwards. And so maybe there was a relationship there. Maybe there wasn't. I just know that she really loved me and seeing me hurting was hard for her. But the weird thing was I wasn't really hurting. Like I was, my spirit was really alive with hope and peace. And, but I, I know it really bothered her that that had happened to me. However, I mean, it also could have just been something else because I've never been really able to pinpoint why her addiction started. So to give you some background, my mom's mother also struggled with addiction. So to kind of show the family line, and I know you're probably thinking like, that's not the greatest genetics for you. And I'm very aware and maybe we'll have an episode completely focused on like parents of or children of addicts. But um, for now, I'll kind of just dive into I guess what I witnessed more as like my experience from my point of view as being the child Um, and then maybe in a future episode if that's something you're interested in we can kind of dive in more into the topic as a whole but yeah I just started to notice so car accident happens like December of fifth grade I don't I know like grades I don't really know years and then mom really started to struggle with substances I would say like right away in sixth grade so shortly after and what I started to notice was just her sleeping more. We started to be late to school because she wouldn't be ready in the morning or she'd need to call in sick. So then my brother and I would have to figure out either getting a ride with my dad or calling one of our teachers who would help us out and who were really good friends with my mom because my mom worked at my school. So it's less weird than it sounds. But again, just noticed that she was really just not acting herself. She was sleeping a lot more, very inconsistent, would like miss things, was up in her room a lot. And then obviously just noticing behaviors like losing her footing on the ground and just, again, just not acting normal. And as much as like a sixth grader can comprehend what's going on, I just, I, all you could, all I could say is like, she was just acting not like herself. And then intuition kicked in and I started like searching for answers because that's what you do. You search if something's not normal, you try to figure out what's going on to make it abnormal. Like, at least that's how my brain works. So then I started like snooping around the house. I would look in her closet. I would look underneath the bed. I would look in her purse. I'd look places and I was finding a lot and lot of alcohol. And then I was also noticing just pills that didn't look quite right. And again, I don't know how like I I do believe that God gave me this like kind of like superpower of being like very like intuitive, which sounds, sounds very like I'm being cocky about a superpower. But if you listen to my brother's episode, he's like, that's a pretty lame superpower. But I've always been very intuitive when it came to like my mom's addiction and knowing when she was struggling and knowing where to go to like find the clues to kind of connect the dots about what was happening. And at some point, my dad and I had a conversation and my dad and I really were like a team. (laughs) My dad was still the parent, but we kind of worked together to try to figure out, okay, like what is going on? How can we help my mom? So a lot of my middle school years were really spent going to treatment centers and trying to figure out different programs that would help my mom. And so that's really what I remember from middle school is just going to treatment centers. And 
inconsistency with my mom's behaviors and her mood and just some of those things. And it was hard because I will say, like I've talked about my mom on the podcast up until that point, like, of course things weren't perfect, but she was like, she was a really good mama and she cared a lot. And she worked at my school. She was a school psychologist at my school and she was just very intellectual, smart, person very kind everybody loved her she had a million friends and it was just really really hard to see her go from being this really involved present loving mom to struggling with addiction so much and I I've prayed about this for a while and I'm not going to go into like all the details of like what I saw and what I experienced because that's I don't know it's something I have to pray about because I really do believe that that's my mom's story. And unfortunately, now my mom passed away last November. So ideally, I would be running this by her and saying like, hey, is it okay if I share this? And truly, I do believe she's with me. So I think at some point, she's going to probably put in my heart like, hey, you can share my story. That's part of your story too. And I really want you to help people through it. But I have to find the best way to do that, to honor her and then to honor like obviously the experiences that my whole family went through. But needless to say, it was a really challenging time. If you have a family member who's struggled with addiction, it's hard. Like it's a really, really hard disease, mental illness, whatever you want to call it to be a part of because in some ways it's choices in other ways it's not that person's choice at all and so I think my mom had a really really tumultuous childhood and so I don't know again I will never know the ins and outs I've talked to my mom about this so many times and I don't think she even really knows like what started it but all I know is middle school to high school to me being 24 years old when she passed away. It was so hard. It was so hard. Treatment centers, unfortunately, at one time she was incarcerated for some of the choices made with the alcohol. It was just, the hardest part was to see her walk through that. But I also think it created this kind of like inconsistency, wanting for control in my life because of the fact that I was like, everything was so out of control and unpredictable. Um, But again, that's where it goes back to my faith because people have asked me questions because really in my friend group, like nobody else was dealing with this kind of stuff. I don't think anybody in my like, even like beyond my friend circle really was dealing with anything remotely like this. But so people would ask me questions like, how do you deal with this? Like, this has got to be really hard, especially like when it wasn't like I had ever had like a bad relationship with my mom. It just went from like having a really, really good relationship with my mom as a little girl to then all of a sudden things just being completely different. And again, it, my answer would be Jesus. Like he's always the answer to like, how did you get through this? How are you so happy all the time? How do you have this perspective on this? And I just say Jesus. So one of the Bible verses that I really think back to this time in my life is from John chapter 12, verse 46. I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Now, I already talked about the fact that like my relationship with God really started blooming once I was in that first car accident. But really, I do strongly believe that like that then carried me through this season as well, because I just I always had that like reminder that God's walking me through this for a reason and that it's not going to stay dark forever. 
Now, it was kind of a long, dark stretch. I'm not saying it was like constantly dark because there were little glimmers of hope. I would say as a result of some of the struggles with my mom, I got extremely close with my brother, who you guys have heard from. I got extremely close with my dad, who's my hero. And so there was some like good that came from it. I also think that I had gained a really a much better understanding of like mental illness because of what I was seeing my mom walk through. And there was a lot of like times where I'm like, this is clearly not a choice she's making. But again, that's a whole nother topic for another episode because addiction is just such a, it's a really hard topic to talk about briefly. But like I said, that verse that he's not going to ever let us dwell in darkness. So this was like a long, dark season, but there was always glimmers of light. And I always knew that God was there watching over me, watching over my mom. There were just like certain instances where I'm like, okay, like how am I feeling so like at peace about this? I can remember one thing that was really sacred to my family were Sundays. So a lot of times what would happen during the week is Monday through Friday, typical week. My dad kept things pretty normal. Like we went to sports and did our homework and whatever. Then a lot of times on weekends, depending on the weekend, depending where my mom was, we would try to visit her. Now, was it every weekend? No, but we really tried to a lot. So a lot of my weekends were like going to different treatment centers in Wisconsin. And then there were points where we had to visit her when she was in jail. But then Sundays were this really sacred time where we'd go to church. We'd watch football, football was on or whatever sports were on. And then later we'd play tennis. And I just remember that those Sundays, which is so funny, like now looking back that Sundays were that special day because obviously we know Sunday is the Sabbath and that's a really important day to God too. But that was a really like important day for my family. And we would just spend that time together and just be together. And it was, it was kind of what kept us going. And I don't think there's any coincidence that that's, that's kind of God's day too. And so, yeah, he kind of always just like gave me this hope that it wasn't going to be like this forever. And even though I think my mom struggled for longer than I would have ever even imagined, I also knew that God equipped me for that. You heard on my episode with my brother, hopefully. And if you haven't watched that episode, I highly recommend because it kind of gets into a little bit more of like what we had to deal with as a sibling duo. But there were a lot of really hard times. And it was it wasn't just wasn't just sixth grade. It wasn't just middle school or just middle school and high school. It continued until my adult years where I was really constantly on high alert for whatever my mom was struggling with at the time. But again, my faith is kind of what, it's not kind of what carried me through. It is what carried me through because at the end of the day, for all those late night runs to go help my mom when she was struggling, for all those visits to the treatment centers, for those long periods where she was away and I didn't get to see her, I just like had this overwhelming piece that like God's not only going to take care of me, but he's going to take my mom and whatever he's going to take care of my mom and whatever dark season that she's in right now, it is not going to last forever. And that was his promise. And one thing is important to note is you might be like hearing me say these Bible verses and you're like, yeah, well, they're, they're words, but God always keeps his promises. You might've heard God be called promise keeper. He's called many different things, but one of them is promise keeper. And it's because he, he does, he obeys all his promises. He, he does that for us. So when he says something in his word, it's true. So 
for the, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. I already talked about that first. I knew that was truth. I knew this verse from John that he wasn't going to let me dwell in darkness. I knew that was truth. And so that kind of just was like, it was like my little hope in my hip pocket for all of those years. Just something. And another piece I do want to add, I think God is what has kept me from going down that path because I think it would have been really, I don't want to say easy, but it's a path that I could have chose to go down. But I do think God gave me this, this like spirit where I just knew that instead of clinging to something external like alcohol or drugs or whatever it is during these really difficult times, I knew I could cling to him. No, I'm not at all saying that if someone's gone down that path that obviously it's a hard path to go down and I wouldn't say it's the right path by any means, but God's you're never for too far gone for God to take you off that path and to bring you back onto his path of peace and of light. And so that's a hope for everyone. And that's what I think is a really beautiful thing. It's really easy for me to say right now, like, oh, well, I didn't choose to do drugs or I didn't choose to drink alcohol, but I was able to not choose those things because I had God in my life. And if you're struggling with any of those things, it is never too late for God to be a part of your life and to join you on that journey so that you don't have to result to those things that are really going to lead you down a path of destruction. So again, that's a just brief overview about my mom's story. There's like two more pieces to the puzzle and then I will leave you guys to whatever else you're doing today. But I've, I think I shared briefly on my first podcast, but I was actually in a second car accident. Now, yes, I was in one when I was in fifth grade, but I was also in one in actually more recently in 2018 and I suffered a traumatic brain injury. Now, a traumatic brain injury can any be anything from like extreme brain damage where you like lose cognitive functioning. It can also be a very severe concussion. And so I didn't have brain damage when I say I had a traumatic brain injury from the car accident, but I did have such a severe concussion that I lost consciousness for many hours. I did not have good short-term memory for several years after the car accident. And and I really struggled with some mental health challenges after the car accident. So to kind of share what exactly happened, one of my friends and I were actually on our way to a tennis tournament and we were on going north on a highway a man had a medical episode, crossed over the median, hit us head on, and we were said to be going over 70 miles per hour because we were on the highway. The man, by the time he crossed over the median, slowed down a bit, but not a ton, and then hit us head on. So truly, the fact that I'm recording this right now, I don't like to say it lightly, but it's a miracle. It's a full miracle that I am sitting here in front of you able to record this podcast because physics, police officers on the scene, like it just really didn't make sense that I was able to live through that and my dear friend was with me and maybe someday I'll get her on the show to share kind of our story together going through that. We will see. But for now, I'm just going to kind of share my point of view and what I experienced and it was really hard. It was one of those things where I'm like, well, this is just like deja vu. Like, why is this happening again? Very different injuries because like I said, the first car accident, I had to have 150 stitches in my face and basically had a gash on my head. Now this car accident still on my head, but it was internal and I had a traumatic brain injury. And so really for multiple years after this accident, I struggled with mental health 
and mental illness and depression and anxiety like I never had before in my life. And I had dealt with it. Like, obviously, you go through some of the things I went through with my mom. And obviously, just like, it wasn't like after that first car accident, everything was always rainbows. I'm just saying, like, God gave me really the spirit of peace. And so I dealt with anxiety. I've dealt with depression-ish type things, but never like full-blown where I would say it was like diagnosed. Now, after this car accident, the doctors had warned my dad. They're like, you know what? She got hit so hard on her frontal lobe. Like she is going to be probably struggling with some pretty intense mental health challenges. And he said like depression, like anxiety, like PTSD. And thankfully, I don't remember the accident happening at all. But all of those things were true as far as like dark depression, really severe anxiety, And it was hard. It was really, really hard to go through. And I would say that was when I like, I would say I butted heads with God because it was kind of those, one of those why me type things where I was just like, really? Like I already went through something like this. I've been dealing with all this stuff with my mom for how many years while everybody else is like having fun in middle school and high school. I'm worrying about my mom. And now this. And honestly, it was just kind of a battle. And that's what I think it's something important to share about my relationship with God, because a relationship with God is like any other relationship where you're going to fight. Like you're, and it's, it's not a two way fight though. Like you can fight against God and he's always going to love you. You can't fight fire. And then God kind of just is like, well, I'm sending you love right back. Cause I'm not fighting with you. I'm not mad at you. Like I'm, I love you so, so much, but I think, I think I just, I was frustrated and I also had this like struggle because I, again, I had this relationship with God for a while. I knew a lot of scripture, not nearly as much as I do now, but I knew some. I would go to church. I listened to a lot of podcasts to learn more about my faith. And I just kept, I kept hearing this theme of just like, just trust God, just trust God. And I heard one of those, the verse, cast all your anxieties to him and do not be anxious for anything. And I just would get so angered by some of these verses because I was like, really? Like I am trusting God. I'm doing all these things and I'm still anxious and I'm still depressed. So what in the world is wrong with me then? Like God must not love me anymore because I'm doing all these things and none of this is going away. And I actually almost felt this like shame that God was mad at me because I'm like, well, surely if I was actually doing things right, like I wouldn't be feeling this way. And it really took some wrestling with my faith, but I actually ended up coming to this conclusion after talking to my pastor and after really reading more into like what does scripture actually say that God was not at all mad at me for being anxious or being depressed. In fact, some of the main characters in the Bible struggled with depression, struggled with anxiety. Like you can see it when David's writing in the Psalms, he's clearly distressed at certain points. He doesn't say he's going through anxiety or depression, but clearly he is based on his word choice and what he's saying to God. And so slowly after like rebuilding that relationship back and starting to understand really what does scripture mean, I started to understand like, no, God is not mad at me at all for being anxious. In fact, like he he understands and he wants to be along this journey with me while I'm struggling with this. He doesn't want me to like brush him aside when all of a sudden I'm like saying I'm trusting you, but it's not working. He wants to be along this journey with me. And I actually ended up talking to a group of students during COVID at seven 
which is our teen ministry at Northbrook Church. And I literally had the title of my presentation be God's not mad at you for being anxious because I know a lot of you are probably feeling really anxious right now because we're in the middle of COVID. Life as we knew it has completely changed. And I don't want you guys to buy into the shame that I was feeling about feeling anxious and feeling like that was a sign that I was doing something wrong because it's not. And here's why. Here's all these people in the Bible that also dealt with anxiety and depression. Here's what God says about it. And guess what? God wouldn't give you people like mental health counselors and he wouldn't give you all these therapy techniques like mindfulness and meditation and these things that are designed to literally calm down the nervous system that he created. And so I just, yeah, I I, I began to fully understand, I guess, that God was not mad at me, that he really just wanted to walk alongside me on this journey. And again, like he did with the other two instances that he wasn't going to leave me alone in this, but he was going to use it for good. So I know this is a verse. Again, I want to pair a verse with every instance. This is a verse that a lot of people know, but I have it tattooed on my foot as well. It's, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And I think that really exemplifies that experience is like, I can do all things through him. I'm not going to be able to do it alone. And I'm not going to be able to do it with just earthly resources, but between the counselor I found and reading my Bible and finding techniques, cognitive behavioral therapy, that's a whole nother podcast too, but therapy techniques and pairing all those things alongside God, alongside the people he put in my life, like that's what's going to help me heal from this really hard thing that happened. All right. And the last thing, last thing is something that I have talked already about on this podcast a lot on that first episode is I am diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, Do I know why I started to struggle with this? I do not. I don't know if it's a combination of the trauma that I experienced. I don't know if it's a result of the car accident. I actually saw some signs that I probably had OCD when I was little before any of this happened. So maybe it's just something that I was born with. But needless needless to say, God has joined me on this journey with OCD as well. And again, this has been, I would say, not a wrestle, but I have gone back and forth with God and saying, why did you give me this stupid disorder? Because it, I... Having OCD is not fun. If you have OCD, it is not a good time. You, Your brain is constantly scanning. It feels icky. I can't even like go into the too much about OCD because it's just, it would be a rabbit hole for me because I've just learned so much about it in the past couple of years. But you guys heard it on episode one. If you have not listened to episode one, that's where I tell more about my my struggles with OCD. But ultimately, had I not struggled with OCD, this podcast would not be a thing. And I think that shows how God is so intertwined with every aspect of our life because truly it would not be a thing. The title Be Brave came from a tattoo that I have on my arm that's written in my brother's handwriting after I completed OCD treatment, after my mom passed away. I was like, if I can get through this, which I knew I could because I had God with me the entire time, but I was like, I'm going to get the words be brave written on my arm in one of my favorite people's handwriting, which is my brother. And I did. And then one day I had always wanted to start a podcast, but I knew I wanted it to be something that God ordained. And I looked down at my arm and I was like, that's it. That's the title. And I came up with the concept and it was all wrapped up in the fear that I experienced from having obsessive compulsive disorder and suffering from intrusive thoughts. 
and and again, I'm I'm planning to do a whole episode on OCD and what it is, but this is focused on God and how he got me through it. And this is actually a verse that was recently introduced to me because if you have OCD or you've heard about it, it waxes and wanes. So it's like a wave. Sometimes the wave's really big and it hits you and it's hitting you really hard. And sometimes the wave is little and you can manage it super well and you can just kind of hop over it. But that's kind of how my OCD goes. It's a wave, it flows. And when I hit a wave a couple couple months ago, one of my friends told me about this verse, and this has really been speaking into my life lately, and it's from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. And when I think about that verse, even though I do have OCD, and that's not something I can ever wish away, I do pray it, pray about it, and I pray, you know what, God, if it is in your will to heal this, like please do. But if, if it's not in your will and you're going to use this disorder for me to help other people, then so be it. But kind of with that wrestling, it's been really important for me to remember this verse and for me to remember that it's not like God gave me OCD, but he's going to walk alongside me as I'm going through this. He doesn't give me that spirit of fear. He, he gives me this spirit and power of love. I butchered that, but he gives us this spirit that's powerful that's amazing that's brave he gives us this spirit that's full of love and he gives us this spirit that that can have a sound mind a mind that's not anxious a mind that's not constantly searching for the next thing that's going to be dangerous or get us in trouble and I think that's just important to notice is that's not from God and even though I have OCD, there's so many different periods in my life where I completely experience God's peace. I think that's really important to note too. It's like, it's not this overwhelming, like this dominates my life anymore because of the fact that like God gave me therapists to help me figure out how to handle this disorder. And he is also walking alongside me the entire way. So yeah, God does not give us a spirit of fear, guys. He wants us to be brave like this podcast is designed to do. And I don't think there's... A better way to wrap it up other than I hope you guys will continue to be brave along with me. This is not a podcast that I'm entering in from, oh, I'm just the bravest person ever and so that's why you should listen to me. No, I'm just on this journey with you trying to be brave each and every day and the way I can do that is because of the fact that I have God in my life and If you have any questions, please feel free to DM me. I would love to just chat back and forth about more about my faith and why I feel the way I do about things. But I just hope that this podcast is something that's continuing to encourage you no matter what season of life that you're walking in. And then I hope you just can continue to be brave with me and be on this journey with me. So thank you guys. I appreciate you and I can't wait to hear from you soon. Bye people. You guys, if you loved this episode or you enjoyed any of my other episodes, please, please, please give a rating on whatever platform you're listening. It helps the show so much and means the world to me to hear your feedback. If you'd like to follow along with more from me and my friends and just hear more about my day-to-day life, please follow me on social media, which is Be Brave with Emma B on Instagram or Facebook. I so look forward to hearing from you guys and becoming friends.